What is the number one thing that all artists, be it beginners, aspiring artists, professional artists, even old hands, what do we all get wrong? I would argue that we all really struggle and often fail to just stick to one thing. And look, I think this is fair enough. Artists do tend to exist in a lateral thinking mode. We do like to flit around from one thing to another. I think this is a big part of creativity in general. But there are a lot of downsides to lacking focus with our practice and our ability to complete our own personal projects. What I'm going to do in this episode is unpack this concept in a little bit more detail because I think it's really, really important. And we'll look at some frameworks and simple takeaways and things that you can do to improve your focus and deal with this general concept. I think getting this right can avoid a huge amount of frustration over the long term, both for aspiring beginner artists and also people who are professionals who are trying to get a little bit more done. to the Visual Scholar Podcast. My name's Tim McBurney. I have been a professional working artist for over 20 years. And on this show, we're all about demystifying the worlds of art, creativity, and productivity so that you can get better faster and enjoy your artistic journey. Okay, so this is one of these concepts that I have found to be rife when it comes to just sort of talking to people online and also my extensive experience dealing with different students. And we all tend to run into this issue, especially early on when you're trying to find your style, you don't really know what you even want to do with your art. There's a lot of questions here and we often don't have the answers. And I think often because we are creative individuals, this is often when I know that people are kind of on the right track, like they are artists because they are having this experience of thinking laterally, of kind of being excited by all these different things. There's an element of creativity and being an artist where you do want to play around and you, you want to look for different things that, that might not be so task focused. There's something very creative about this idea, this brainstorming idea, like let's just come up with a whole bunch of ideas and who cares whether they're right or wrong? Who cares whether, you know, this is sort of a task focused sort of robotic thing. Just, just be creative. This is often the mark of a true creative individual is we kind of tend to think this way. And the danger though, is that you don't really get a lot done when you are in this modality, when you are just kind of flitting from one thing to another. And I know a lot of people leave comments and a lot of students I've sort of mentored and talked to over the years have this thing where they're kind of like, I just don't know what I want to do. I'm trying to do this and I like this type of art and I like painting and I like line art and I like drawing and I like concept art and I like finished illustration and I like abstract art and maybe I just want to paint landscapes and, you know, maybe I actually want to do pottery and, uh, you know, maybe I want to be a 3D artist and actually maybe this other thing, you know, we, we're all like this because often, especially if you're kind of coming from not a creative profession or you're maybe not doing this full time, all of these things seem super interesting compared to, you know, working an, a normal job, right? Especially, you know, a boring sort of unfulfilling, you know, non-career job or something like that. Um, or, you know, we're coming from school or some other thing, right? All of these things seem interesting. Now, I'm not saying that this is just a simple thing where you just get over it. 
You just get on with it. You grow up. You learn how to focus on one thing. We kind of, you know, stop being such a flaky artist. Managing this concept for ourselves and finding the right balance, I think, is something that takes a lot of time. And it's not something that every professional artist has mastered. A lot of people do shy away from this, even though they do get quite advanced. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people get stuck with just skill building because it sort of gives us that experience and, you know, fulfills that artistic desire for us to learn new things and explore and feel like we're growing. But I think that does maybe rob the world of some larger works, you know, some greater achievements that people could make if they did focus on one thing. So I think this can really challenge us from many aspects of our creative life and our creative career. But I'm, I really do think, especially for the beginners, the students, the aspiring artists, this is something that can actually rob you of the focus that's needed to direct your energy towards a goal that is actually going to be able to, as a hobby artist, create some product that's going to make you satisfied and happy with your output to really prove that you know you can do this and that there's some outcome here. I think that this is one of the best ways to actually improve your skills in the first place to you know deal with this focus. And also that going deep with tools is one of the best ways to learn a lot more. You encounter challenges and you overcome you know, a lot of these obstacles and you understand the nuances of how to get a lot more with a simpler tool set and a simpler focus. So I think there's a lot of benefits here. But again, also just as a student, if you can't really, you know, focus your efforts enough to get your folio, get your job, figure out what type of work you want to do and really kind of drill down it's easy for people to have these folios, put in a lot of energy, and, and it's kind of like not really directed enough, and it's not really solving problems enough, and it's not really, you know, sort of manifesting itself into the type of folio, the type of body of work that is going to get someone a job, because it doesn't really solve a problem. It's not really focused on one thing. It's just sort of general sort of art. So I think that, again, you know, often what you find is, you know, as artists, we we do have these kind of sketchbooks and we have these social media platforms and, and people do play with those. We play with this sort of lateral thinking. I think that this is part of being an artist is, is doing this, you know, messing around. But also, if we don't have the ability to focus and just get one thing sorted and really go deep with a particular craft, particular project, and really get it done, then often it leaves people with a sense of frustration over the long term, no matter what stage you're at. So this, I think, is one of the most important things to get right. Even if you don't necessarily go down this road, I think if we don't have this ability to focus on one thing, it robs us of a lot of options and a lot of things that I think often when we start out as artists, these are the things we want to do. We want to create the products that are similar to the things that we, you know, looked at, read, watched, played when we were sort of coming up and the things that inspired us, inspired us to become artists in the first place. So there's a couple of things here that I think are worth really looking at, a couple of angles that I think we can look at this idea from. The first is that often where this really manifests is people playing around with style. So I think that's something that's worth sort of looking at is considering this concept from the idea of people flittering between different styles and, and really trying to find the style that's right for you. 
this is a massive challenge. The second thing is often I do find that people really struggle to figure out how they're actually going to apply their art. Um, and it, again, it doesn't matter whether this is from a hobby aspect, from a professional aspect, you know, someone who's aspiring to get a job. Often people really struggle with figuring out like, what am I going to do? What am I actually going to make? What am I going to help to make? So I think that's something we can also look at. And lastly, I think one of the most important things we can do if you're actually interested in creating things and focusing on the stories and the narratives and I think the things that people actually care about, the things that you probably cared about when you got into this, when, when you got inspired, is to look at having a really simple, focused and reliable process and a way to make things. And I think the way that that intersects with style is also an interesting little concept. So anyway, let's dive into those and, and see what we can learn. And again, I've got a couple of interesting takeaways at the end where we can you know, maybe sort of help to clarify some of this. Style is really where we often see this manifest the most, especially for people who are just starting out. We often have a lot of things that we're interested in, a lot of styles, a lot of types of work. A lot of this is fun, right? Um, I talked a lot about in the beginning how I wanted to be a comic book artist, but I grew up and I sort of learned to do a lot of art where digital art was becoming a thing. And most people who were digi doing digital art did it in a painted style because digital art really worked better with a painted style. It did not work that well for lines. So people would do digital coloring, but very few people in the beginning were doing lines digitally because it just wasn't that good with an old Wacom pen. So I kind of learned a lot of my foundational stuff and, and played around a lot with art in the beginning where even though probably I wanted to do line and color work, it just wasn't in the milieu that I existed in. The people around me were painting. They were doing speed painting in Photoshop, um, in that more sort of modern sort of hybrid concept art, um, I, I guess, sort of style. And that's what a lot of people wanted to do. So I kind of grew up and, and learned a lot of art in that sort of sea of information. And, and I really liked that type of work. I liked the more sort of sketchy, painterly styles. And I think these are the concepts that often we sort of struggle with, right? I was sketchy because a lot of people in the beginning, we lack the ability to add detail to things because that is often a major artistic skill that we need to develop. So this is where often we get these feelings of, I want to sort of be like a sketchy artist. And I would look at all of the sex, the, the, sort of successful sketchy artists out there. And I'd be like, this is kind of what I want to do. But the majority of sort of jobs out there really needed much more clarity in the work. Obviously, a lot of illustration needed a lot of clarity. And even though I, I think often a lot of sketchiness, and this is where we sort of unpack some of these things, in work comes from people just trying to maybe not make it that sketchy, but just drawing really fast. So for instance, I was a real fan of Horokai Samura's Blade of the Immortal. And there would be other, you know, sort of manga that had a really sort of sketchy style as well. And I, the, the thing I you, you kind of don't realize is that a big reason why it's like that is just because manga is just drawn so fast and they kind of don't have time to put in that much detail often. So we often have these misconceptions about style or just sort of weird things that can happen. And, you know, even if you don't, often it's just that 
we don't know what we want to do. We kind of like doing a variety of things. Again, I really like the idea of painting. I like the idea of drawing. I like the idea of doing sketchy things. I, I like the idea of, you know, creating very detailed work. But so much of this is a matter of understanding the limitations of style as well. And as we will discuss, when we look at the idea of process, the way that style really stems from process and the functionality of the work. So I think one of the things we notice as artists in the beginning is style. And we're attracted to the different mediums and the ways that those mediums may create style. But the real problem is that often there's good functional reasons why that art looks that way. And the other thing that we often don't understand about style in the beginning is that there's massive limitations to working in those particular styles. And there are limitations of the types of industries and jobs you can get depending on what style you sort of choose. And I think often style is like the first thing we look at and it probably is the last thing we should be looking at. It's often a product of the you know next few things that we'll sort of look at. So often I think... The most important takeaway, I guess, when it comes to style is just to understand that the style will probably come to you when you have figured out the process that you're going to use and what you're actually trying to do with your art. And often that defines the speed and the simplicity or the detail and refinement that you need to work with. And that sort of defines the, the style. Um, and also to understand that Style is very much a matter of not just, oh, I want to do this style. Often what we have is this misconception, I think, about style. Again, let me know what you think in the comments down below. But we have this feeling of like, I want all the styles, right? It's like, I want this and this and this. And we imagine it's this kind of smorgasbord of choices where you can just choose all the stylistic things you want and have them. But often style does preclude our ability to do certain things. If you're sketchy and loose, it means you, you're not sort of refined and detailed. And for every artist that you see who has a very specific style and we sort of look at that and think, wow, that's amazing. What you have to understand is for that artist, that's their whole world. And for you, when you do find your style and way of working, that is your whole world. And the more you work in a particular style, in a particular industry, in a particular genre of work the more that style and that functionality and that purpose shapes your ability to create work. So every stylistic choice comes with a series of limitations whereby as you do that more and more, you will probably find that you yearn to do other things as well and you kind of can't. So it's really important not to view style as a thing where like more is more, but you need to kind of get it right. You need to really make sure that it matches your experience and the things you actually want to say. So that's the, the primary thing is I, I think less of style is a thing you can just sort of choose. And therefore, again, you know, we're just sort of sitting here figuring out. And again, more something where you need to focus on finding the one style that really is going to be right for you. And I know that sounds sort of, you know, oh, yeah, no kidding. But I really think that often you don't actually get as much choice here as you think because you just have a natural way that you're probably going to make things look in the anyway. And there's probably other considerations as well. They're going to shape the way that you create work that we'll talk about um, in a minute. And that those things are really going to be mostly what kind of gives you the boundaries or the constraints. So you probably don't have as much 
ability to just kind of do whatever you want anyway, based on the limitations and the functionality of what you're going to create. And within that, really, it's a matter of thinking about like, what is going to allow me as an artist to express the things that I want. And this is where focusing here is not just a matter of limiting yourself. It's a matter of understanding more about yourself as an artist in more detail, in more granular detail. So think about it that way. The goal here with focusing on style is less a matter of like limiting yourself and sort of cutting off other options. What you'll find is that probably happens anyway. And it's more a way for you to understand and meditate on exactly who you are as an artist and what is important about what you have to share with the world. The next thing that we can look at here is the idea of the focus of the utility. When it comes to the beginning or maybe you even have a job and you're trying to figure out like, what do I do with my personal work? I think often it's easy to kind of just go crazy, right? There's a million options here. It feels like, again, that we're choosing from a million things. But a big part of this is going deep again and thinking about what do you actually want to create? There's only so many years in your life. There's only so many weeks in a year where you can put time and energy into doing this. And it's not a matter of, you know, I want to do everything. It's like, well, I guess you could kind of say like everyone wants to do everything. But as I was saying with style, the trick is to figure out what are these things that you want to make and how do you want to make them and who do you want to make them with? How do you think you're going to get all of that to work? And how do you kind of focus on that more and really figure out again who you are as an artist? I think this is one of the most important things because what we often don't understand is that very different industries and different ways that you employ your art as a professional or even as a hobbyist trying to create a product, they do shape the way that you can express yourself. And again, often what we see is we see the product and this might be like, you can think of it like a video game, uh, a movie. Again, I'm mostly focusing on entertainment design, but you could be doing gallery work. You could be creating abstract work in a gallery, whatever it is. We often have that product, that experience and we view it as a consumer. But the trick is to really figure out what is your lived experience doing that? Do you actually like doing it? And I think, again, focusing here and trying to go deeper into understanding who you are and what you actually like doing and where you're kind of good at doing this is really key. So often what I find is students are kind of looking at Hey, here all the, here's all the types of work that I want to work on. And as in, as students going to an entertainment design school, they're often saying like, oh, well, I want to work on movies and I want to work on games. And it's like, because I like both. And it's like, well, they're very different industries and they have very different people in those industries. And the work culture is very different. So it's worthwhile looking into those things as well. Read some books and stories about the production of video games versus Hollywood movies. Or you might want to look into what is the difference between working on a big budget movie versus an indie movie or a big budget game versus an indie game. And these are the things that are really worth diving into. So it may seem like in the beginning, similar to style, that focusing here is a matter of limiting you, but 
it's much better to view it as this is a way for you to understand more about who you actually are and what you actually like doing. Now, there's many people who are basically extroverted artists and they like working with other people. They like the idea of working in big teams and dealing with the social integrations to try and make a big game, make a big movie. There are social hierarchies and structures within those to kind of figure out who's good and who's you know less good and who gets to make more creative decisions. And you can climb those ladders and you can engage in creative battles and you know do all this kind of thing. And it's a very extroverted way of existing. And a lot of people love that. I'm not, I mean, personally, I'm not much like that. And, and I, I suspect there's probably, you know, a huge amount of artists who, who also are not like that. But, you know, some people really like doing that. So I can't speak much to that. But I know that for a lot of people, they need to work in a studio. Like they want to find some industry where there's lots of opportunities for them to go to work, meet other people, talk to people, hang out, engage in social things. For me, I always just imagined, because again, this is where the imagining things and, and having ideas and expectations comes into it. But I always imagined because I would read stories and interviews of people who were illustrators. And a lot of illustrators were these freelance artists and they would have these studios at home or a studio with like one or two other people. And they would sort of go to their studio and do their work. Comic book artists were often this way as well. They would have their little hole, <laughs> their little comic book cave. You go in there, you make stuff, right? And, and that always seemed to be sort of what I wanted to do. So again, it's these things that for me have sort of helped to make me understand probably that I'm more someone who doesn't want to work in big AAA games in a big studio where there's a whole bunch of people around. Because again, I'm a dyed in the wall introvert. And I know, again, from doing a lot of exploration here that it's probably not going to make me super happy. But I'm very, very happy again, sitting in my studio doing these things. So it's this type of insight that's really worth thinking about as opposed to just going, well, I like movies and I like this and I like that. Think more about what, what do you actually want to create and what is the process of creating that that supports that? So there's different ways you can employ the type of art you want to make depending on what you're sort of focused on, what you really enjoy and what you're good at. So again, think less about choosing a whole bunch of different uh, jobs that you could do, children's book illustrator, um, editorial illustrator, um, you know, concept artist, uh, concept artist for movies, concept artist for games. They're very different. Concept artist for animation, very different. All these things are very different. Think more a matter of like, who are you? And, and try and read as many of these industry stories or, you know, what it takes to do something like sit down and create a comic book. It's a lot of just sitting by yourself for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Some people love that. I love that. But uh, some people hate that. They hate it so bad and they try it. They, they imagine, it. again, a lot of people really, really like the idea of creating comic books. They're like, oh, I love this. I, I love reading manga. I love doing that. And then they realize like, no, you got to sit, sit on a desk all day right, by yourself. Um, yeah. And, and it's kind of like miserable. They don't like it. So it, it, it's really a matter here of digging deep and understanding what do you want to do day to day, hour to hour, minute to minute? What gives you energy? What gives you passion? What's going to make you happy over the long term? Probably the most important thing that I think connects all of this up is the idea of process, which is the last thing I really want to sort of try and unpack here. And this is where I think 
probably the number one thing that people mess up in the beginning is not really trying to simplify their process and drill down to something that is just very basic. Because often what we're trying to do is look at people who have fancy ways of creating things and we're looking for more complexity. We see complex art, we see complex things and we're imagining that because the art is complex that the process people are using is also complex. And also, I think there's a desire often to learn a whole bunch of different things, right? We want to learn different processes, different ways of creating things. Again, more, 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 more is more. I think the goal with this, you know, as well is to figure out what is the right process for you and to figure out how to go deep with that particular process. So there's a metaphor that I often like to use if we think about the idea of simple tools as well. So a simple tool is a similar idea to a process. And by process, I just mean, how do you get from A to B with your art? Do you start with a sketch? Do you start, if you're painting, again, what is your process? Do you start with a line drawing? Do you create an underpainting that, you know, is a sort of sepia or sort of, you know, blue toned underpainting that you're going to sort of build up? Do you just start with amorphous shapes in a plain air sort of sense, right? Do you start with the mood and then you refine detail? Do you do a drawing first? Do you do a really detailed drawing first? How do you get from A to B? Getting to A to B for a comic book page, for instance, is that we start with writing or ideating what the story is going to be. We do a storyboard. We transfer the storyboard to a sort of more finished rough. Sometimes people sort of expand upon the storyboard. Um, you know, makes a, a more detailed sort of rough version of the page that kind of is, is more or less sort of finalized, except it needs the next stage, which is sort of finished drawing. I often do this in pencils. And then after that, you do your inks, then you scan it, then you add color. Or if you're doing digitally, you just add color. And, you know, there's these processes, right? Um, I'm sure you understand what I mean, but, you know, there's many different ways you could spin that to, that will define the style you get and will define the speed that you get. And the quality that you're able to achieve, if you want to achieve a higher level of detail, you probably need to do more roughs, more preliminary steps, more stages in the process where you really refine and lay the foundation for all that tertiary form, all that sort of perfected composition. Good, you know, for instance, like often manga art that is, you know, people need to do like 20 pages a week often. There's a lot of assistance. The storyboard there is, you know, what's often called the name. And the name is just this super rough, like scribbly nothing, right? And, you know, we sort of go from that to basically they're often just like, yeah, doing doing sort of rough pencils. And then they're sort of going for, again, um, lots of different varieties of the way a mangaka create their pages, for instance. Um, and the same would be for illustration, right? People, you know, who are creating, creating quick illustrations probably do less preliminaries. But if you look at uh, European sort of the French artists who are creating one page a week, they're often doing you know, very detailed storyboards. And then they're doing a whole nother step in between where they basically are roughing it out and creating like a sketchy, but very, very polished, relatively speaking version of the page. And then they create the pencils and then they do this. And they might often do a color preliminary where they actually plan the colors before they do it. All of these things are based on the functionality of what you're actually doing with your art. Are you creating one, you creating 20 pages a week or are you creating 20 pages every six months? What is the functional purpose of the art that you're creating? Now, what you might see is people with different proclivities are going to enjoy doing different things, right? If you enjoy 
drawing really fast, you're probably going to enjoy a job like storyboarding, right? Where you just got to draw a whole bunch. You never get to finish anything. If you really like sitting there rendering one face for an entire week, you probably need to find some way to create very, very high polished work. So again, I don't want to sort of iterate and go over the, all the different sort of permutations there, but hopefully through just sort of explaining that, you can understand that there are many different processes. There, They take different times. They often have different utilities. And I think it's important to find one that matches and vibrates with your emotional state well, right? Again, if you like the idea of rendering a face or a toenail or a whole bunch of stuff in the background for like weeks and weeks, you're going to need to find some utility for your art that allows you to do that because it's probably not going to be concept art and it's probably not going to be something like manga or storyboarding, for instance, right? So different, you know, it's horses for courses, basically. But the other thing to think about when it comes to the idea and I guess the the philosophy of having a simpler process and focusing just on one thing is the idea of, this is sort of going back full circle to what I was talking about, the metaphor of like the pencil. So if we think about using a pencil, now you can obviously say, well, you just draw with it. But there's a huge variety of ways you can go deeper to understand how specifically to get particular lines and feelings and motions out of that pencil to understand what is the humidity in the air? Is it hot? Is it cold? How much graphite is coming off that pencil? Is it a mechanical pencil? Is it a wooden pencil? Are you, have you sharpened it yourself? You know, is it a soft pencil or a hard pencil? It means that it's going to get more blunt, quicker. You know, you need to learn how to rotate the pencil, right? To get the sharp edge when you need it. You need to figure out how to shade it. You need to have, understand how that interacts explicitly with the type of paper you're using. You need to understand whether the type of paper you're going to use is going to allow you to rework it or whether you need to get this one and done. Um, you know, there's a huge variety of things that go into utilizing a simple tool like a pencil, how you get particular lines, how you hold it, you hold it, you know, really close at the, to the tip of the lead, do you hold it way back? right? Do you rest your palm on the hand? There's like a million different little permutations of how you hold the pencil, how soft, how hard, how to get particular lines, how to get the most out of that tool. And I think going deep is one of the things that will allow you to understand that this is often the trick to getting really good results. It's not necessarily just a matter of finding the right brush, right? In Photoshop, again, like I need a million brushes. I'm going to download a bunch of brush packs. Often what you find is that, you know, really interesting marks are made not just by one brush stroke, but like multiple, but just of the same simple brush or a select a collection of selections with the lasso tool and big brushes and then small brushes. So often it's the depth of understanding of how to employ these tools that will actually give you the feeling of quality. And there's that sort of mysticism of how this was done that allows your work to sort of transcend just a simple, like, oh, that's obviously done with a pencil because you can kind of see the strokes. Often we get this feeling of complexity when you kind of look at a mark that someone's made in Photoshop and you kind of are like, oh, I don't know how they did that, right? But, oh, they actually made a selection here with this and then they used a particular brush to then 
add to the selection when they're in quick mask mode. And then they, you know, sort of left that open on one end. So they had a hard edge with the selection and they used a particular type of brush. And then they kind of got this weird mark by kind of painting within that mask on a layer and then they lock that and they put a texture there. So like very, very simple applications, often maybe using exactly the same brush or just a, a couple of tools, but getting really, really good at understanding how to use them. And I think that is the secret in the same way you often look at a pencil drawing of someone who's really good at it and you're like, I don't know how they did that. <laughs> I know it was done with pencil, but I don't get how it was done. Because that person has a very deep understanding of that process, of those tools, and they've developed techniques. So this is, again, a metaphor of what we want to do is, and I think if you focus, if you're thinking at the moment, yeah, yeah, but I don't really know what to do. Okay. But if you do focus on a simple set of tools and a simple, reliable process, it will allow you to experience this concept of having to figure out how to do more with less. And I think this concept of simplifying your process and finding one that is right for you, that kind of does the job, is really what we need to do. Because A, I think it's hard to go deep anyway. Even if you end up using something completely different, you try this one, you go deep with it, you flit around to something else later on. Again, hopefully that's in three months or six months and not in two hours, right? That's the goal. But also the experience you will gain from focusing on that one particular way of making things is knowledge that you can take to other tools and techniques because this idea of getting more from simple tools is something you can apply to absolutely everything. All right, so hopefully I've made the case for... I guess, simplicity, focusing on one thing and the power that I think that has and, and how it's important, I think, to view this idea of and this feeling of trying to move laterally and, and sort of find different things. We need to reframe that as a search for more information about ourselves and to really go a little bit deeper and be a little bit more focused about what we actually want to do. I think this is one of the things that will allow you to enjoy your artistic career and get closer to doing the things you actually want to do sooner. But anyway, let's quickly look at a few takeaways before we go. If we look at an analytical takeaway, I think probably th there's a couple of key things here that we can just sort of step back and look at, I guess, dispassionately. One is that as an artist, you, like everyone else, are probably going to want to be creative, flit around, brainstorm, and, and kind of avoid this frustration that comes with focusing on one thing. When you really get down to it, one of the sad things you know about finding a style that's yours is, yes, from my experience anyway, finding a style that is closer to me has made me happy. And, and, I, and I worry less about, you know, sort of finding some style is different because, you know, if I look at other people's styles and the other things that they do, I'm like, oh, I love that. That's so good. Like, why can't I do that? But then I realized that, look, if I did have their style, I wouldn't be able to do these things that I'm able to do here with mine. And often that is just is it's just a proclivity to focus on like detail versus, um, you know, sort of speed or, you know, I want, I love how these people do more detail, but that means, oh, you can't create as much work. It's all these trade-offs. So you kind of get to a point where you're like, this is kind of good for me, but I don't think it ever stops that feeling of like, oh, but oh, if only I could do this thing, right? And we constantly, this is a constant journey. That There's no right or wrong. 
you can obviously still look for these things that are lateral, um, you know, sort of moving around and saying, oh, I love, I'd like to incorporate this element of painting or this element of color theory or this concept or iconography or particular design languages. I really like to incorporate that. We, we still move laterally but, I, laterally, but again, I think this is like a natural desire for artists to do this. But also it's important that one of the most important things you can do to actually work on producing work is to create a simple set of tools, a simple reliable process that kind of works for you. And what you tend to find is that even though people may have like, look, they have a complicated way of doing things, what people tend to drill down to is actually a fairly simple set of tools and a fairly simple, reliable, repeatable process. So it, it depending on what they do, it may be more or less complicated, but typically people will reduce their process down to like a single set of things that they're doing. Um, because that sort of tends to be more efficient. Look, there are certainly outliers and people who just like to mess around. And if you're one of those people, it's like, that's the thing you need to figure out, right? Focus on being really good at sort of experimenting and most importantly, how to build a career from that. Cause I think that is the challenge. If we could all build a good career from learning new things every day and, you know, learning the latest software programs and just constantly changing styles, um, that would be great. But th the reality of business is that business is drastically opposed to that. People will tend to pay you the most money for things you're already good at and they know you can reliably do. So that is just where that kind of tends to to become a major problem. So again, if you can find a way to make that work career-wise, I think go for it because that's certainly fun. But I think for most artists, we tend to find a lot of wisdom, power and strength in whittling down our process and our tools to something that is very reliable that we know even if it's sort of fairly extensive has a lot of steps takes a lot of time it's often going to be a repeatable thing and that allows us to do the most important thing which is focus on the art we're actually making if you want a simple bro level takeaway look just keep it simple focus on one thing it's not hard to remember this one. It's simple by nature. If you want to look at the practical takeaway, like like what can you actually do here? Because it's one thing for me to sit on a, you know, in an ivory tower and say, hey, everyone should focus on simple stuff. Is the reality is I struggle with this all the time. I talk about this and, and the reason I talk about it is this is what has helped me. I was definitely one of those artists who flitted around for ages and ages. It took me a long time to find something that kind of worked. And I've spoken to so many artists who are in the same position. I see so many people leaving comments talking about this. So it, it's not like something that is just an easy fix. But I think the thing we can sort of start to do is, again, to view the goal as finding something that really kind of fits you and to view it from that frame. So it's almost like we're looking at the same room, just literally looking at it through a different window. And the window is how can I use these different things to find out more about me and about the type of art that I want to make, the things that I actually care about, and the type of work environments that I actually want to work in. You know, do you want to just be a little sort of hermit style person in a in a cave making art? your nice sort of cozy studio with all the things you love around you, you know, just going into that creative space every day? Do you want to, you know, go to an office, work in a high pressure environment where there's lots of sort of stuff going on, everything's exciting, everything's full pressure? Again, there's 
horses for courses. People love these things depending on, you know, what you want to do. Um, you know, a lot of people love the challenge of freelancing because every job is different. A lot of people hate freelancing because every job is different. Some people love storyboarding because you can just draw and draw and draw. And it's just this kind of fun thing where you're just creating stories and worlds and frames and ideas and narratives just with a simple tool. You know, as a storyboard artist, often the only thing we work with is like literally one or two tools. It's just the pencil essentially um, and a couple of other sort of abilities. But the world that you create uh, in this massive kaleidoscope of, um, you know, cinematic technique, cinematic knowledge, storytelling, narrative, characters, emotions, you get attached to the little characters you're drawing and they're talking to each other. There's a whole world of things that happen there. But all you do is just use the same tool. So for a lot of people, it's very limiting. For other people, that's where they love to live. They love to think about those things. So it's only through knowing what you actually enjoy more than all the other things that you're going to be able to find something where you are able to focus on it to a degree where you're able to achieve really great things with it and build a good career or a good body of work with it. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you aren't going to want to do these other things, but it's mostly that this is the thing that sort of makes you overall the most happy. And again, it's really sort of tricky to find that. Um, a lot of people, you know, don't necessarily fit, but if you can find the best fit for you, I think that means you'll be the most happy, which I think is really probably all we can ask for. If you want to look at this lastly from a spiritual, philosophical standpoint, I think the key is that this is part of the artistic experience, this idea of moving laterally. You need this and you need to nurture this idea. I think it's easy for me to say, hey, let's focus. This is really important. Let's, you know, drill down, let's double down on this thing. But you don't ever want to lose that ability for yourself to just flit around and brainstorm and play around and experiment. And it's just important to understand that that's probably not the best way to like produce and get things done. So we can kind of view these things that we often do where we're, we're experimenting. And I think the fundamental thing here that I think can really help us is to understand that I think if you do understand that that is just an experimentational process where you're just trying things out, you're messing around, you're feeding your artistic soul. If you're able to do that in a really good way, when you're not worried about like, oh, I'm trying to find my perfect style or my perfect process and you're kind of like sweating bullets as you just play around because you, you feel the lack of focus and that you're not necessarily getting anywhere with it, that's not what we want to do. If you're playing around then play around and experiment and find out the limitations and the limits and the boundaries and maybe the, the lack of boundaries that you can achieve with doing different things and exploring different creative possibilities. But do so in a free brainstorming, creative fashion and understand that that's probably not the thing that's going to allow you to build a really solid career. And the thing that's going to allow you to build and produce, you know, these sort of great works. I think that the dichotomy here is that being this kind of flaky, lateral thinking person is what makes a great artist. But what allows that great artist to create great work is to pick 
a simple, reliable process and understand how to do it at a very, very deep level at the expense of doing many other things. Anyway, I think that's all we have time for on this particular episode on this particular subject. This is just one of those little things that I, I see a lot of people talk about, a lot of comments speak to this, so I thought it would be worthwhile just trying to unpack this idea and give you my thoughts and my experience through, again, living this right day to day, um, the highs and the lows of, of playing around with this. And again, for me, what I feel like is, is trying to, again, getting the best fit that I can find and, and honestly experiencing a lot of creative fulfillment from doing that, where, again, I, I kind of felt like maybe there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Like maybe I'll never, maybe this is just it. You're just sort of constantly searching for things. Like I really do think that, you know, certainly for me again, not to kind of, you know, make this about my sort of journey, but for me, I've really found that I know kind of comic books are the thing that allow me to do all the things that I want to do creatively. And I'm very sort of fulfilled with that, with the pacing of that, with even the grind of it. I kind of like the grindiness of, of comics to a certain degree. There's a certain thing there where it's sort of validates my need for kind of hard work and sort of dedication and stuff like that, where some other artistic endeavors don't. So you, you, you kind of have to find this thing for you, for yourself, but, but it's worthwhile doing so. So again, I thought it was worthwhile talking to this idea. Let me know if you've got any thoughts in the comments down below. Um, again, I know this can come off as a bit sort of like a, you know, like a sort of jerk move saying, Hey, you just need to focus on this. This is a real struggle. I appreciate the struggle. I've lived the struggle. I still live the struggle. I see lots of artists living the struggle. Um, but again, I think so much of your sort of enjoyment as an artist will come from creating and producing great artwork, right? And I think to do that, we do need to focus. So anyway, just thought I'd put this out there. Let me know if you've got any thoughts in the comments down below and we'll see you in the next one.